Welcome to the Sports Finder Podcast. Let's get ready to rumble! Sports Finder community, we're back with our regular segment where we speak to great people from the world of sport. And today, it's no different. We have Mr. Marcus Odin. Marcus, how are you, sir? How you doing today? Everything going all right, my friend? All good, my man. All good. How's things with you? Not bad. Just another lovely day. It here is uh, Thursday, and uh, starting off there with a great podcast with you, and then uh, get ready to get to some coaching client calls, sales calls, and uh, just trying to move forward from there. Love it, my man. Um, taking it back a few years, Marcus, who was Marcus as a young kid at school? Uh, Marcus was a very good student, uh, grew up in Washington, D.C., nation's capital, I went to uh, St. John's College High School, a very prominent high school in the D.C. area. I left uh, St. John's and went to Howard University, also in Washington, D.C., and um, great experience, got a football scholarship, and then from there, I worked my butt off, and I got drafted to the National Football League uh, in 2003 by the Jacksonville Jaguars, who uh, the head coach at the time was Mr. Jack Del Rio, who's now the defensive coordinator for the Washington Redskins. Very nice. Very nice. Um, that's quite an achievement in itself. Take us through that journey. Like, How much sacrifice, effort, how much did you give up to, to sort of get there? What challenges did you face along the way? You know, my last, right, the last year of college was really when I gave full sacrifice to try to see if I could play in the National Football League. Before then, it was not really a goal or aspiration of mine. I know people find it hard to believe, but I wanted to be an investment banker, work in New York uh, in, uh, for Merrill Lynch. That was my dream. But some college uh, NFL scouts from different teams started you know, coming to Howard and talking to me about being potentially drafted. And then I called my brother, who was in the NFL at that time for about six or seven years. I asked him what he thought. He gave me his advice to go forward and push. That's what I did. And the result, um, I just really sacrificed, you know, like you said, not going out a lot my last year of college, you know, not really dating uh, you know, a lot of women when I was in college that time, uh, you know, focusing on the books, uh, making sure I was eligible, but also making sure I stayed on track academically. So if something happened to me on the field, I had a backup plan. And I gave a lot. I mean, after my season was over, I went with my strength coach and I worked my butt off and I did all I had to do in the weight room and the field and field work. And, uh, you know, went to an all-star game uh, in Maui, the Hula Bowl, which was amazing. But it was really about sacrificing, which a lot of people need to understand. That's exactly what you need to do to get ahead in life is sacrifice things in order to achieve the highest level of success. Absolutely. Um, Marcus, what about those that say to you, um, but everybody at that level sacrifices and works hard and has determination? They, they basically say there has to be some sort of secret source. Well, what do you say to those people? 
I would tell them they're right. It's the mindset. It's really about the ability, if you make a mistake, to put it behind you and not take it personal. That is what most people cannot do. And most athletes who don't make it to the National Football League or they get there but don't stick, they are not able to make a mistake and put it behind them. I have a saying that's talk about to my clients or the audience I speak for, I do keynote speaking or consulting for. If you make a mistake, own it, fix it, move on. Dwelling on it does absolutely nothing for you. So that's really what I tell people is you need to learn how to make a mistake, you need to own it, you need to fix it, and move on. Absolutely. So that's um, so that's life up to football. How was life in the NFL? Was it what you expected? Did you expect more? Did you expect less? Was there too much pressure on you as an athlete? Yeah, the, the pressure uh, uh, being an athlete wasn't really at the field or the locker room. It was more in society. It was more, you know, having to keep that keep up that male strong image persona that you know you don't have emotions beyond just you know maybe being happy or a little bit sad, but like. Uh, emotions and, and you know things that can bother you or things that can hurt you. People expect us to be gladiators at all times. On the field, that is what we have to do. But off the field, we're people like anybody else. We have likes, we have dislikes. Some of us like technology. Some of us like uh, card games and movies. Some of us like cars. Some of us like fishing. Some of us like travel. But people sometimes don't realize that just because you play in the National Football League, it doesn't mean you're going to be a warrior at all times. So that is the one big thing I had to learn how to adjust to was life off the field during my NFL career. Absolutely makes sense. How was life post-football? Say again? How was life post-football after that last game you walked off the ground? That that first six months of mod was extremely difficult because I was, I've been playing football my whole career, you know, since I was 13 years old. And now it's almost 28, I was 27 and a half. Football's over. No, no more football. So that first six months was extremely difficult. But after I stopped feeling sorry for myself, put the bottle down, I found a construction business um, in downtown Baltimore, uh, which is about an hour from Washington, D.C. And it's in Maryland. And that company became the largest African-American subcontractor in the area of site work for two years uh, between 2010, 2010 and all 2011. So that was amazing. Uh, you know, I finally found something that I was good at, or so I thought. I finally found something that I wanted to do, so I thought. And I grew a massively successful business enterprise. But unfortunately, like whatever happens to most people, uh, sometimes when I had a lot of success, right, I ended up getting very arrogant, very complacent, uh, very bullheaded, and I stopped listening to my trusted staff and employees. I became a horrible boss and not a good, solid, you know, sound leader. As a result of that, I ended up losing my organization uh, in 2013 and filing a Chapter 7 bankruptcy because I got overstated on a project and I lost everything that I owned, uh, including my home, which was foreclosed on, both my cars, and everything was just gone in a matter of 90 days. Wow. 
Jeez. So how did you pick yourself up from from that, Marcus? Like, what's what's the thing that was in you that you think the different, uh, I'd say, um, characteristics in you that picked you up and said, okay, I have to go again now. I'm rock bottom. There's only one way up. I have to get back on there and make it back again. So it goes back to what we talked about earlier about being a great athlete is your mindset. And what happened was I ended up coming down here to Raleigh. I had $400 to my name. You know, this is what I tell people all the time. In April 2012, I was a multi-millionaire. In April of 2013, I had $400 to my name. My home was foreclosed on. My Both my cars were repossessed in the same day. I was working at Merrill Lynch. I got a job in the NFL helping uh, not go homeless, but I helped them with a, a program called the Gene Upshaw Trust Fund. He used to be the, uh, the former uh, director, executive director of the NFL Retired Players Association. He was an amazing man. He was a Hall of Fame player for the Raiders. So his trust fund helped save my my life and my family. And they also helped me get a job, which I was at Merrill Lynch working, financial planning. I was like excited, you know, I have a salary and all this stuff. But I was so focused on trying to go out and sell myself to people, I forgot to study. So I ended up uh, getting fired from Merrill Lynch because, I mean, it's all my fault, because I was not doing one of my practice tests. Uh, and then I ended up getting a job the next day with a construction company, and I got fired after that, uh, you know, five days later because they shut down the division of the company, the parts division. And as a result, I ended up uh, getting a job as a custodian, making $8.25 an hour in 2013, September. And I had my pivotal moment where somebody's trash and spoiled milk uh, had gotten on my bare skin and clothes. And that was the time I said, okay, if I make a change today, I'm going to be sitting right here the rest of my life, the rest of my life. And I made a decision. And that's when I said, I'm going to start focusing on my strengths. And what are my strengths? I'm good at people. I'm good at communicating. I have a story to tell. Or so I thought. Uh, and I said, let's go ahead and become a speaker, which sounded great at the time, Mod, but it didn't work out that way. It took me about hmm, two and a half years to get my first paid job. And when I got my first paid job, finally, it taught me how to leverage myself, how to get more exposure, and I haven't looked back since. So really how I picked myself up was I stopped feeling sorry for myself, right? And I started focusing on my strengths and what I was good at. And as a result of that, that's when my life started to get better. Wow. That's a roller coaster. It is. It is a roller coaster. But here's what I tell you about it. Life is a roller coaster. Here's the question. Are you to deal with the ride? Right? Are you willing to deal with the ups, the downs, the yes, the no? Uh, you know, maybe we'll work with you, maybe not. You know, uh, you know, get back, get back to us in a week, and you call back and get no answer. You know, are you willing to deal with all of that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, going from being on being a national hero, basically, anybody who plays in the NFL is pretty much big time, to uh, four hundred dollars in your pocket, then climbing back up. And going and becoming a public speaker, waiting two years to get your first gig. Two and a half. 
two and a two half and years half. to get your yeah, first. Thirty year. months. 30, Thirty months, man. Thirty that's, months. That's sheer determination. Um. Yeah. Crazy. And since then, yes, sir. Since then, what's happened since? So now, man, uh, I speak for um, organizations all around the country. Uh, people like, you know, uh, um, people like Axe Advisors to uh, companies like the Home Depot is a client of mine. Uh, to people um, like you know, J.P. Morgan and Chase, PNC Bank, uh, uh, New York Life, MetLife, and I do a ton of executive one-on-one coaching, consulting uh, companies that product to retail to banking i'm now because of my amazing team we're leveraging now to do a lot more webinars uh, i'm a, all about podcasts i mean that's exactly the way you grow your brand is get on podcasts tell your story because right now my people can't go anywhere like <laughs> I, mean, I think i saw germany's about to open up their country maybe next week maybe they're looking at but yeah. most countries are locked down and are on lockdown until the earliest, unless you're a few countries here or there, to like May 1st or April 30th. So what happens next is people are, they're not gonna be excited to go back out to normal, right? It's gonna take time. So in my opinion, podcasts, webinars, virtual summits, that is one of the best ways to invest your time at this time. So that's what we're doing right now, man. I mean, we're looking at, all podcasts, all the webinars, you know, the coaching, content, uh, virtual speaking. Uh, this is a way to grow our brand that we're not used to, which is good because we need to start beefing up this side of our business anyway. Absolutely, man. Podcasts are the other way forward. Oh, absolutely. They're passive, they're easy to listen to, and you can listen to them anywhere. You're walking, you're running, you're going to the train, whatever. It's easy. Um, tell us a bit about your book. Yeah, the book is called The Success Cycle, and it talks about three major pillars that you need to build success in your life. Uh, ambition, which is all about goal setting, uh, creating your roadmap for success. Then you have drive, which is talking about being inspired, not motivated, to go and push out of your comfort zone for greatness. And we talk about hard work. It's a 95-hour work week, not a 95 and focus on yourself and not the competition. Absolutely, I definitely agree with you. That's one hundred percent. Where can we where, where can we buy from? Yeah, you can buy on our on our website, uh www.marcusnarqudesogden.com. You can also buy it on Amazon. Just type in the success site and it'll pop right up. You can buy it on Boss Google Online, same thing. And then when our countries get back open, you can also buy it uh, at Barnes and Noble's bookstores all across the, uh, uh, the country. So you can go into Barnes and Noble and say, hey, Mark, you know, I want to buy the success cycle. And what I love most about it, Lamar, is in the business section. So it's not a sports title book. It's a business section book, which people can give great advice on how to grow their business strategically, which is what people need to be doing uh, at this time. Love it, man. Love it. Absolutely. And I'll put the, the links in our show notes. Marcus, you're a young man. Again, you're looking to play in the NFL. 
you're looking to become successful in life, in in whatever you you want to do, whether it's arts, business, economics, finance, whatever. What's three pieces of advice you can give someone? First things first. Number one, identify what is your strength and build off of that. When you know what your strengths are, you have the best chance to create a roadmap to be successful. Number two is have drive. Be inspired to go for what you want. And understand, you're going to face adversity. You're going to face people saying, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Why are you doing this? Stick with something else. That's all I got about. Like, why are you doing this, Marcus? Go be a football coach. Go be somebody that, you know, does high school sports. That's what you need to be doing. Well, that's what you think I should be doing. Doesn't mean that's what I need to do. And the last one is truly truly utilize your inner circle. That's how I got my first paid speaking job was I ended up telling one of my inner circle people what I wanted to do. And as a result of that, I ended up getting my first opportunity to speak for a corporate fortune 500 business. That was how it happened. Can you so, tell us who? Yeah, that's what it's about. Can 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 you tell us who which which business it was? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, I spoke for Net. I spoke for Net. So Net App, uh, one of the gentlemen who I trained both his sons in football technique in high school. This is how you know I'm getting older, man. Because now one of his sons was in Colorado, had a great job. He's probably 25 years old. Then his other son is uh, living now in Austin, Texas. Uh, doing extremely well. I'm so proud of what they've what they accomplished um, as far as, you know, um, being great guy, great young men and, and after well, They both played college football as linemen, so I was so proud of them. But I told their dad, his name is Dave, I said, Dave, I'm trying to build up a speaking business. If you know anyone that's looking for a speaker, please let me know. And he says, sure, Marcus. And then three months later, Mom, he comes back and he says, Marcus, my company is looking for a speaker for a, a job in Chicago. We're not paying you any money. We'll take care of your travel, your lodging, your food, and your car service. What do you say? And that's how I got my career started. That was my first fortune. That was actually my first corporate client ever. That was my first fortune fire client uh, as well. But without that, that's, without people like that, Amon, there's no way. There's no way that that we uh, that our brand takes off like that because it took him, it took Dave to give me the opportunity to go out and speak when I didn't really have the credibility to do so. But because we were friends and I had trained his boys and we were, you know, um, you know, we became really good friends. He wanted to help me. That's how my career got started on the corporate side with speaking. Wow, amazing. Yep, I mean, definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, Marcus, you've been amazing. You've shared a lot of insight with us. You've, you've got an amazing journey. Congratulations to you. It's been up and down, but it's been oh, it's been unbelievable to actually sit here and listen to it. Um, before we wrap things up, Mr. Marcus, where can people reach you online? 
They can reach me on LinkedIn, which is my name uh, again, M A R Q U E S O G D E N. That's just at LinkedIn is Marcus Ogden. Uh, Instagram at Marcus Ogden. Twitter is at Marcus underscore Ogden. We have a business page on Facebook, Marcus Ogden. Uh, and then again, if people want to email us, they can do Marcus underscore Ogden at yahoo.com. If anybody wants to have like a free consultation, 15 minute talk about their business, where they are, if they're trying to pivot in these difficult times, again, I lost everything of mine in 90 days. 90 days. So I know what it's like to go through crisis in a very short amount of time. So if anybody wants to just have a chat and not be potentially help them or an organization, please feel free to reach out. Uh, we, are, we are excited just to have some conversations and dialogue and see if we can potentially help you. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Marcus Ogden, thank you very much once again for joining me on the Sports Finder podcast. Thank you for listening to the Sports Finder podcast. We'll catch you on our next episode. Y'all ready for this?